be long, um, but we have an opportunity to eat spiritually before we eat physically. Amen. Hold up your Bible and let's make this as a confession. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. I will meditate in it day and night on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, come on, everything I touch, it turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. For this, another opportunity to minister to these, your sheep. We know that not one word from you is void of power. So we ask that you'll think through our mind and speak through my lips, your indelible word. Move in and out every hour by the Holy Spirit and touch the life of every person. And to you, God, be all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the matchless, miracle-working name of Jesus, we pray. And all that agree with that prayer said. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts the 16th chapter. And I want to read verse 25 and 26. The opportunities that I've had to minister, we've been talking about the subject of worship. And the title of this message today is called A True Worshiper at Midnight. A true worshiper at midnight. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 and 26, it says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. Somebody say, and at midnight. As I said, we're concluding a series we've been talking about concerning the subject of worship. It's been, in my opinion, a very powerful series. It's helped revolutionize my thinking concerning that time that we have in the worship of the Almighty God. We learned in this series how to use our worship as a weapon against our enemy. Now, if you don't have any enemies, then let me tell you, Satan is at least one of your main enemies. The Bible says, your adversary, the devil, seeketh whom he may devour. He's going around seeing and trying to bring trouble into people's lives. Have you ever experienced any trouble that came as the result of an enemy? Well, we've learned in this series how to use our worship of God as a weapon against the enemy, the devil. We learned that our worship steals the enemy. That that means if the devil has been busy in your life, bothering you in one way or another, when you begin to worship God, you stop the hands of the devil. 
Amen. If things are going on in your marriage that shouldn't be, if things are going on financially, if you're having a difficult time on the job, I submit to you, get in a place where you can worship God and watch what happens as a result. Worship steals the enemy. Another thing worship does is that it manifests the presence of God. All of a sudden, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, they say that when the praises go up, the blessings come down. How about this? When your praises go up, God himself comes down in your moment and in your hour. Hallelujah. Worship manifests his presence. Imagine for a moment being in a fight against somebody and you've been giving it your all. But then help shows up. <laughs> Maybe a brother, a sister, you know, mother, father, somebody that loves you dearly, a friend or family. But how about this? If you're in a fight with the devil, amen, and you've been giving it your all, and God Almighty shows up. Think about that. You've been, you've been fighting against this enemy. You've been doing the best to do all that you know to do, to stand. And then in that moment of time, right in the, in the midnight hour, God comes on the scene while you're in this fight with your enemy. How many of y'all know what the outcome is going to be? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So last week or the time before that, we looked at an example of an Old Testament true worshiper. And this week I want to look at, as we close, an example of a New Testament worshiper. What does, what does a true worshiper look like? Where do we get that idea from? Let me, let me show you. In John chapter 4, somebody say a true worshiper. Well, immediately it implies that you could be worshiping God and it not be real. Or you may not be doing it right. A minute ago, we had what we call a, a song to worship God. Actually, the song's called My Worship. And many of us were singing. Some of us were moving. But how many of y'all know when you worship God, you want to do it right? Look at what Jesus said about worshipers. In verse 23, he said, the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to do what? Worship Him. Verse 24 says that God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must do so how? In spirit and in what? And in truth. Amen. And so we learned what a true worshiper looks like. A true worshiper is someone who worships God in spirit. Somebody say in spirit. What does that mean? That means from the heart. You are a spirit being. You possess a soul and you live inside of a physical body. I know Sam and Dave came out with that song. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Oh, y'all going to help me out here? You got to move a little bit. Well, you have a soul, but you're more than a soul. 
The Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that you were made in the image and the likeness of God. Amen? Well, God told us, the Bible tells us in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit being. So if I'm made in the image and likeness of my natural father, and I am, praise God, I can wear his clothes and this is his tie, and I think all of that's really cool. Amen? But moreover, in my heavenly father's heart, when he made me, he made me just like him. He's a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. Amen. He lives for an eternity. I will live forever. But where I choose, I determine by accepting or rejecting Jesus Christ. Ooh, how did we get over into that? Say it out loud. I'm a spirit being. I possess a soul. And I live inside of a physical body. When we leave this body, we don't cease to exist. Amen. The Bible says to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. If you made Jesus Christ in your lifetime, Lord and Savior of your life, when at the end of your life, after a full and satisfying life, when you step out of this body, you're going to go and be present with the Lord and you'll live for an eternity. That makes our job, church, extremely important because there are people here on the planet that if they die without Jesus, they'll go to hell. And hell is too long to get it wrong. That kind of rhyme there. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Say it out loud. Hell is too long to get it wrong. And that's the truth of the gospel. So I'm a spirit being. And in order... To me, for me to, to, to be a doer of the scripture, I've got to learn how to worship God, not from my mind, not just in my body. I've got to worship God from my heart, in the spirit and in truth. In other words, with the word of God. David is a perfect example of a true worshiper. It was David that penned the song that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. David was a true worshiper. And he was also an individual like you and I that found ourselves in many fights. He was in a fight for his life on many times and many occasions. He was in a fight for his family on many times and many occasions. When sickness and disease came against him or came against his children or his loved ones, he would cry out to God in a song and see the hand of God move. We looked at a clear example of David as a true worshiper. As I said, Psalm 34 and stanza 1, it says that, In a certain time that David said, I will bless the Lord at what time? In good times? When things are going great. When life is good. That means he he blessed the Lord when things were bad. When he wasn't feeling good in his body. When things didn't go like he had intended. When relationships were broken. When he lost his wife. When he lost his children. When there was death in the family, what does all mean? It means all. Okay, well, it means everything. And what's left after all? Nothing. Amen. 
So when the Bible said this is the picture of what true worshipers look like, it's not just praising him when you get a big bonus or a check. It's not just praising him when you wake up on Sunday feeling good and ready to go and get your worship on. Come on. It's when you have to drag yourself out of bed and you don't feel like it. And you had a slight headache when you came in. Oh, I wish they would turn the song down a little bit. But it's when you are in that moment that you be, oh, y'all gotta help me, that you begin to open your mouth and praise and bless, oh, glory to God. When you bless the Lord at all times. That's when you become a true worshiper of the Almighty God. Who am I talking to today? I'll bless the Lord at all times. Is this in any way echoed in the New Testament? It absolutely is. Paul and Silas are a perfect example of true worshipers, as we're about to see in a moment. But I want to call to your remembrance Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Paul was writing to the church. We read it later on. He was talking about giving and so forth. But early on in that same chapter, in verse 4, what does it say? He says, rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. Somebody going to help me preach. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord when you're feeling at your best. What does always mean? It means all the time. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, do what? Rejoice. And so if you and I are going to take the form of true worshipers, then we have to learn the principle of worshiping God when things are going good and especially when things are not going so good. We need to be like the psalmist, able to bless him at any time. Hallelujah. Able to bless him under any circumstance. Able to praise him in any situation. As a matter of fact, as I get ready to close, in Acts chapter 16, we read it that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. But I want you to see what situation they were in when they did that. (laughs) It came to pass in verse 16, as we went to prayer, they went where? So the church is having prayer service. Faith family, we got prayer service Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. You can call in. Everybody's welcome to join us. Amen. Just go on our website. Amen. I enjoy doing it, doing it even more, and I'm really enjoying it. But how many of y'all know just because you go to prayer don't think, don't mean that everything's going to turn out right? There might be some difficulties as you go to prayer. Look what happened. They went to prayer and a certain damsel that was possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which was brought her, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Somebody say soothsaying. So this lady was a fortune teller. I mean, have you ever been driving down the street and see a little sign out, palm reader, psychic or fortune teller, right? So this girl had a demon spirit and was involved in soothsaying. As he was going into praying, going into prayer, he came across somebody that was possessed with a devil. Have you ever been there where you were on your way somewhere and ran into somebody that was possessed with a devil or at least acted like they had the devil? 
Oh, it's quiet in this church today. I'm just trying to tell you what to do in the midnight hour. I'm trying to tell you how to praise him no matter what you're going through or what you're up against. Sure enough, this woman followed them the same, followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, day after day. How many of y'all know if you're in church, you don't want the psychics in the neighborhood advertising your worship experience? Come on, somebody. People may get the wrong idea that we're in cahoots. At least a couple people found that funny. How many of y'all know you don't want demon spirits, people that are possessed by devil? You don't want them that, you know, kind of root. Well, you know something's wrong with that. And just kept at it. Just kept at it. Have you ever been there where just somebody in your life is not quite right? And they just keep at it and they keep at it. The same followed us many days. But Paul, verse 18, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. He cast the devil out of this girl. He came out, and he came out the same hour. How many of y'all know it's a good thing to cast the devil out if the devil's with You know, devil, take your hands off of my finances. Take your hands off of my marriage. Take your hands off of my church. He dealt with the devil. We ought to be dealing with the devil. But look what happened as a result. And when her masters saw, verse 19, that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul. <laughs> How do you catch somebody? You catch him by the coat. You grab them up. They caught Paul in silence. What did they do? They drew them into the marketplace. That means they didn't want to go. They drug them there. Come here first. Let me use you as an example. They caught them. Grabbed them up. And drugged them. You're going to resist that, right? You're like, well, you're a grown man. They caught Paul and Simon, drugged them into the marketplace. That's like going over there. What's that over there? Uh, at the, uh, uh, it's right off of Barker Cypress. Everybody hang out. It's a farm at Town Lake. Oh, here we go, y'all. In the local market square at Town Lake, there's Pastor Stan and Brother Percy. They done mess with the wrong people. They drugged Paul into the midst of the marketplace. Unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, exceeding trouble our city. Wait a minute. We came here to preach the gospel. We came here to declare Jesus. We came here to do the right thing. Come on, somebody. You're on your job, minding your business, and somebody drag you into your supervisor's office? Drag you to the counselor's office? Drag you into the principal's office? Oh, come on, somebody. These men are troubling. They're causing trouble. Look at what happened. And he said, they teach customs, verse 21, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to what? Beat them. Am I reading the Bible? So they stripped Paul and Silas out of their clothes. Somebody say, how embarrassing is that? You're in the public square. You're over at Town Lake. Not only did they embarrass you, but now they're whooping you. 
got you tied some way or another, beating you with sticks, all because you just did what God said. You went to prayer. You cast out devils in his name. You prayed for the sick. Come on. You, you laid hands on those. That, what are you doing? You're just doing. Thank you very much. Give him a hand clap. You're just doing what God told you to do. And now you're running into all of this persecution, pressure brought on by people, things on the job not going right. I don't know. I'm going to have to preach this until you get this. Things in your body not working right, your children not doing right, and you love God. You done thought it in your mind. Things were better for me when I wasn't saved. I'm trying to live for God, and it looks like things are going worse. How much sense does that make? But listen, child of God, it's in the midnight hour when you can praise God, when things are going good or not so good that God gets glory, and he turns things around. Oh, I'm almost done. I'm trying to get it out. But I pray you can see it. They drugged them, forced them. But they didn't want this to happen. You were in certain relationships and you didn't want those things, so those things to happen. But they happened anyway. What do you do in that particular hour? They beat them, verse 22. Snatched them out of their clothes. Beat them in many stripes. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, I mean, they beat them like they beat Jesus. 39 stripes, save one, Paul says, on many occasions. They're whooping these men for what? What did I do? Anybody ever felt that? Maybe some of our young kids are like, what did I do? Right? What do you do in that moment? Determines whether you're a true worshiper or not. Because what a true worshiper will do is not get mad at God. What a true... Oh, y'all got to help. All right, let me just finish this because I think y'all have had enough. I think we can smell the brisket. We can smell the briskets. (laughs) They laid many stripes on them and they cast them into prison. So now you're going into the legal system over something that happened and you, you know, you were there. You were just going along. And now you got a case, you know, caught a case. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say that here in the South? Yeah. Yeah. I caught a case. Got him over in the prison system. Charging the jailer to keep him safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. But the Bible says, and at midnight. Paul and Silas whined and cried like, oh, God, nobody knows the trouble I see but Jesus. No, they weren't crying and belly aching. They didn't enter into a deep or mild depression. Come on, somebody. No. What did they do in the midnight hour? They prayed and did what? Sang praises under who? Under God. And they sang it loud enough so who? The prisoners did what? Oh, are we looking at an example of a true worshiper? The next time something goes bad or doesn't happen in your life the way that you intend or or have planned, don't get into a depression. Get into a place where you can worship God. 
Get into a place where you can rejoice always. Get into a place where you can bless them at all times. And watch what happens. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. Come on, because he's good. And in the midnight hour, who does God move on the behalf? The eyes of the Lord are searching about all the earth, seeking to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are right towards them. How is your heart right toward God? When people do you wrong, you say, I'll bless the Lord at all times. I'll say hallelujah anyhow. Even though they did me wrong, God, you are good. And I bless you. And I magnify you. And I exalt you. I praise you. And I'm going to praise you loud enough. Where am I music? There they are. I'm going to praise you loud enough. I'm going to make my boast in you. I'm going to magnify you. And if anybody can hear me, I'm going to make it. And if you don't think... I'm loud enough. I'll get louder. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. They praised him in the midnight hour. And all of a sudden, verse 26, all of a sudden there was an earthquake that shook the very foundation of that prison. And the door was open and every man's bands were loose. I'm here to tell you, when you begin to praise God in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your situation, when you bless him at all times... Late in the midnight hour, God's going to move. Things are going to start to shake. Things are going to start to quake. Things are going to turn around in your favor. In your favor, it's going to turn out for your good. Woo, hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Where's Uniqua at? Late in the midnight hour. He's going to turn it around. He's going to work in our favor. Is it blessed? Blessed. I can't sing. Blessed. 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 Come on. Blessed. 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 Come on, let me hear you. Come on, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Come on, baby. Blessed. Come on. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed.
Amen. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, God. We bless you at all times. We rejoice forevermore in every situation, in every circumstance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed in prayer, maybe you're here today. Maybe you came with family or friends or this is your first time. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. We want God to be on your side. We want him to be near unto those that cry out unto him. Will you give your life to him today? Make heaven your home in eternity. It's simply by praying a prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in that prayer today. I'm going to ask the congregation to pray it out loud. But if this is your first time and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, mean it from your heart and God will save you right where you stand. If you're online and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you. If you want to rededicate your life to the Almighty God, maybe you got away from Him. Pray this, mean this, and watch what happens. Late in the midnight hour, things are going to start to turn. Congregations, lift your hands before God. Say this out loud. God in heaven, I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. He died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave. But I believe he's alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. I repent for all my sins. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Therefore, Father, I'm born again. Heaven is now my home. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. I encourage you to live your life for him, and I believe that your life will forever be blessed. I speak this blessing over you. May the Lord bless each and every one of you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to each and every one. May the Lord increase you and enlarge you. May he cause you to be fruitful and multiply. May he replenish you. May you be filled to overflowing and abound with abundant prosperity. I speak God's blessing over you today in the mighty name of Jesus.